Welcome to the How Fitting Podcast, where you'll hear from independent fashion designers and entrepreneurs about how they grow their business, making clothes that fit their customer and values. I'm your host, Allison Haynes. Today, I'm joined by Nix Asawasudzikorn of Levani. So welcome to the show, Nix. Hi, Allison. Thank you for having me here. Yeah, I'm glad to have you. For those listening who are just meeting you for the first time, could you share a little bit about who you are and what you do? Yeah, sure. Um, so my name is Nix, and I'm the founder of Lovani, a slow fashion brand for petite women, five, four, and under. Um, Lovani pieces are romantic, feminine, and are all made here locally in Seattle. Awesome. So cool. Um, being petite myself, I <laughs> love it that there's clothes that are made just to fit short people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, awesome. So let's kind of start at the beginning. So um, what made you start Lovani? So, you know, I've like, you know, many women, I've always been interested in fashion. Um, but, you know, in my career, I've never really got into it, even though um, actually, my family background, my uncle is a tailor. Um, and so we would like visit him um, when I was younger and, you know, come back with like new like tailor made clothes all nice. the time. So that kind of just came, you know, as part of like my family and like kind of, our, um, you know, in terms of like what we we're exposed to at that point. Um, so I know I've always been interested in the fashion part of it. And um, I think that, you know, just again, like a lot of people, I think during the pandemic um, last year, which is when I was, um, you know, starting this brand, I started around like June um, of 2020, um, kind of have this idea of the concept in my head that I wanted to do um, a slow fashion brand, a sustainable brand. Um, And that is all, you know, kind of because for my own kind of journey, I've shopped like fast fashion before as well, um, like a few years ago, but then we learned about kind of like the harmful impact that um, the fashion industry has on the environment. And so mm-hmm. I knew that I wanted to kind of combine that passion in, you know, the fashion and also do something about it. So I, I know that I, you know, kind of want to start my, my own and, and yeah put something out there that would give more options to people. Yeah. Yeah. And in the middle of a pandemic too. (laughs) Yeah. Congrats on getting through that because I'm sure it was not easy timing, but I think a lot of people too were kind of last year thinking about more the impact of decisions and industry and just seeing how globally connected we are. Um, And yeah, realizing like, maybe I want to do something about this. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned that like in your career, like you hadn't really been in fashion. Um, do you have a background in fashion at all or kind of what, what has been your career to this point? Yeah. So my career has been in like other industries or, you know, in tech mainly for the last like four years or so, um, Mm -hmm. like e-commerce. And so I, I, you know, like the kind of the, the piece of, uh, the, the part of being a fashion entrepreneur on like setting up website and doing all that I'm pretty familiar with and mm-hmm. that comes like easily to me just because of um, the career that I had um, but 
I, you know, when I decided like last year, I want to take this more seriously and actually start to launch my own brand. I um, enrolled in kind of a six months um, fashion, like accelerator called Factory 45, mm-hmm. which kind of guides um, a lot of like new founders to kind of how do we go from like launching a new brand um, and, you know, actually launch your first collection. And so that was really helpful to me, um, not only to kind of like learn those like step-by-step, but also having like other um, people who are going through the same things and like having mentors to kind of help guide me through those process. So that was really good. Yeah, I've heard really good things about Factory 45 from other people as well. So yeah, like a great program. Um, So what were kind of like, did you have expectations of like before you started of like, this is what it's going to be like to run a fashion brand (laughs) and maybe what were those and were they accurate or once you got into it, were you like, this was totally different than what I expected? Yeah, (laughs) Um, that's a good question. I mean, I think that um, to a lot of people, I think they might think that, you know, being like a fashion business owner or designer, so you spend a lot of time just like sketching things or like just drawing things. But that's (laughs) actually like a very, you know, little part of it. Um, I think that um, for my first collection, I did do a few sketches, but then quickly move on to, you know, (laughs) like actually using like PowerPoints and like illustrators and all of that mm-hmm. um so and the majority of the time after that I think as you know as I work with you and you know this is that a lot of time is spent on like product development and 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 yeah and that took way longer than I thought it would but also mm-hmm. because you know as a new brand I think that part usually takes longer as well but so yeah that that one is wasn't what I expected yeah, yeah, it definitely is true that the first collection, like as you're laying the foundation for your brand, mm-hmm. development takes way longer than it does for subsequent connection collections because like everything you're doing is new, like the sizing is new and right. fit is new and like labels are new, you know, like you have to come up with all these things that you don't necessarily have to repeat again um, or you can build upon for the subsequent collections. Yes, but yeah, I I see that the timeline of things, especially for a launch collection trips people up a lot. So (laughs) you're, you're not alone there. Um, So what kind of um, like, as you were wanting to start a brand, um, like how did Levani and petite fashion and Mm -hmm. slow fashion, like how did that come all into place? Were those things that you knew you wanted to do for the beginning or did it kind of evolve? Like, did you just know I want to start a fashion brand that's, Mm -hmm. you know, a little bit more environmentally friendly and then the rest Mm -hmm. of the things that they develop over time? Yeah. Um, So I would say it's something that had developed over the process of doing that um so I think what I kind of had in mind from the start was the aesthetics um of the brand or you know that's kind of what the overall vibe would be so more like romantic feminine pieces um but I think the decision to um focus on um offer offering clothes specifically for petite women come like maybe like a few months later after I've decided kind of on the overall brand. Um, And it started from the fact that um, 
I know that good fit is so important. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as myself, I, I like, I struggle with it personally and because um, I'm 5'2". And I know that um, a lot of times I will be, you know, buying clothes and having to return them, even though I, I love the designs and the styles just because they don't fit me well. And, mm-hmm. you know, this doesn't only apply to things that you would kind of normally think of for petite women like only pants but also even like tops um so I actually bought um something from a sustainable brand like a month ago and like the um, the straps were just too long you know um and Mm -hmm. it just keeps (laughs) falling off and so I you know I just kind of like look at my own um experiences and see that I did have problems um doing that I mean you know having problem like kind of buying clothes that would fit me and um other friends who are you know um that I know who are also petite um also say that they have the same issues as well and so that's when I start thinking about like is this something that I wanted to be focusing on because this is kind of a real um need that um while there are you know fashion brands out there that offer petite sizing um clothing there are not a lot of I think sustainable um, options right now specifically for petite Mm -hmm. and so um, for those women looking for those options that might be difficult for them to find and um, I think it really come to a point when um, I have to kind of choose um, the sizing for my brand and what do I want to launch with what do I want to focus on because I know as a small brand I cannot just do um, all the different sizing like from the very beginning and so because fit is important to me personally, then I you know, decided to um, focus on that. Yeah, yeah. And that's great that you like picked something that you are like a niche thing mm-hmm. that you're very familiar with. Like you, right. you know what the issues that you're trying to solve are. Um, and other, and I'm five two as well. And everything you're describing, I'm like, yep, yep. I literally like <laughs> last weekend altered a dress that, right. you know, the straps were too long. And then when mm-hmm. I moved the straps up, the armhole was too tight. So I had to like exactly. cut the armhole lower. So mm-hmm. yeah, I totally get it. It's um, those like little things that you don't think about that matters in, you know, um, a regular like sizing for clothes and you think Mm -hmm. oh it's just literally the length but no that's not that's not it right exactly yeah because like the waist is a little too long and Mm -hmm. it's like you can't just chop a few inches off the bottom head and call it good yeah (laughs) yeah so true so did you do um it sounds like you kind of like talked to other petite women Mm -hmm. that you Mm -hmm. knew um was there any other kind of like research that you did when you started the brand either for fit Mm-hmm. things or just you know to kind of create your your brand and the whole vibe and look of it um, right. what was what did you kind of do to prepare those aspects of it yeah that's a good question I mean I did actually get um a survey kind of like launched um just for like you know people who are in my current audience on social media email list and whatnot um so the survey was specifically about um, kind of uh, what they are looking for in, uh, you know, clothing and what options do you feel like they're missing from their closet. And also there's a section of the survey that is on um, kind of the height, um, sizing and 
what kind of issues they're currently facing if you know mm-hmm. if uh, as a petite woman and so I think that was really helpful to me um as like kind of inputs and a lot of them actually leave some comments too so I was able to have like follow-up questions kind of asking in more details like you know just even even some of them you know either via email or like just dm people on instagram and getting their thoughts and kind of what they're looking for that was really helpful to me mm-hmm. um and in in the process of in the beginning of product development when i need to kind of come up with uh you know what the base size would be for what you know um like the fit model then i kind of ask measurements from uh, like multiple people of like different different like um height but still in the petite you know Mm -hmm. kind of range Mm -hmm. um to kind of find like what what would like fit and work best for um different body shapes awesome that's so cool um so you mentioned that like you sent this survey to like your Mm -hmm. social media following and newsletter Mm -hmm. um how did you have like people on the you know on following (laughs) social media and your newsletter like before you had a brand like did you how did what did you do to kind of start that and build those that yeah kind of community (laughs) of people that you were even talking to about this right um one thing I learned as you know kind of coming on to kind of starting my own business or being an entrepreneur I think that a lot of people uh maybe wait until like you know they have like a product to launch or something like that before they start building that but it takes a very long time to build an audience (laughs) and so um uh I decided to start from like since the beginning I literally just had like you know an empty like Instagram page and like a landing page just quickly describing what my idea is and all of that to start like collecting emails and even on Instagram I was posting more of like inspiration like images um, those things even before I kind of like have a concrete idea of what the brand's gonna be and then you know as it developed I actually think that people really enjoy the following kind of the journey of the brand and like the behind the scenes of how something comes about and so Mm -hmm. I think that you know that kind of resonates with them or they're interested in it and so I was able to kind of slowly build up my audience that way. Cool cool so were you kind of like sharing those behind the scenes and kind of the Mm -hmm. thought process of the journey with people? Yeah for sure and you know a lot of times like um things would change along the way, right? Like there would Mm -hmm. be some designs that, um, or some like sketches that I share like earlier on when I start like late last summer. um, And then now it's not even in the collection, but like even just getting those out there and getting their feedback, like I think that um, that is like helpful. And also I think it's interesting to, to people. Yeah, yeah, I I think so too. Like it's almost fun to like you feel, you know, as a follower, consumer, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I I feel like you almost feel, or I feel when I'm kind of following other brands, it's like you're more invested in their success. Right. You're like, I've been there the whole time with them, right? You know, like I know kind of like the ups and downs and the whole journey, and so it's like you you feel like yeah you're kind of like in it together even though really you're just watching the whole time but (laughs) yeah I guess it's like when you watch a movie and you get like invested in what happens to the characters you know like you're rooting for them so yeah that's really cool that you like 
planned ahead and really started sharing that stuff early. Mm-hmm. Um, awesome. So I wanted to ask about the name too. Is there a story or like a meaning behind the name Lavani? <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, from the beginning, I do wanted to include like some sort of like the word love in the name because, you know, of like the aesthetics is like romantic, feminine, as I mentioned earlier. And I like the concept of it being like a positive or you know mm-hmm. kind of like positive feelings um and actually lovani is a combination of two words um so love and avani which means earth in sanskrit language mm-hmm. and um so you know like love earth is i think is a good name for a sustainable fashion brand it means you know everything is being like mindful of how um things are made to um be environmental friendly and good for the planet um so yeah I think once I kind of like um found that or like I I was literally looking on like just googling different names of like different combinations of love and then this one like I came up on one of like the websites of like name generator Mm -hmm. and so I was like I like this one so Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. yeah that is a fun name and see like unique too thank you you mentioned like the you know being environmentally friendly and like the loving mm-hmm. the earth is important to the brand how does mm-hmm. that value of Lavani like play out in how you run the brand and mm-hmm. your designs and you know even production as well right yeah I think there are honestly so like many aspects to like sustainability I think it can be like an overwhelming word for you know some people mm-hmm. um but I think it just even from um like the start I usually start like my product development process by picking out um the fabrics and like materials that will be used um so for this first collection um I chose to use um, linen fabric which is um, one of the more, you know, environmental friendly fabrics because it doesn't use a lot of water um, and it grows very easily um, without, you know, use of like pesticides and all Mm -hmm. those um, harmful chemicals. And so, um, you know, I think that one of the main things that are very important to me as a brand is to try to use as much of these um, environmental um, friendly like fabrics and raw materials as much as possible in my designs so mm-hmm. I think that's one part of it um, the other part of it is as you mentioned like kind of the production um, of this um, as uh, you know some of you may know that a lot of like the inventory that are produced by um, different brands in the fashion industry a lot of them are not sold and um, they all go to, you know, waste if they can't be sold or um, and thrown away, essentially discarded. And so what's important to me is to be producing in like um, small batches. Um, and the way that I did it for my first collection was that I launched like kind of a on a pre-order model. So then pe- people can, you know, order it before um, it gets made. So then basically I don't need to overproduce a lot of different um, items that, you know, might not be as popular or, um, and only focus on those ones that people actually want and will wear. Yeah. Um, 
so I think those two are kind of like the main um, things that are, you know, incorporated in the brand and the process that we do. Um, I mean, apart from that, things like even little things like um, packaging, hang tags and all those things, I am very careful to kind of like choose um, the more eco-friendly option as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's great. And I feel like more and more brands are going towards that made to order model for that reason. It's like, it's, it's easier to manage on, you know, the end of a small brand too. And it's, right. you don't have that excess inventory, then you kind of know how much fabric you're going to need and how much, um, what sizes and colors that, you know, people have already pre-bought from you. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Cool. So what was the inspiration for your first collection? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I, the first collection I was very inspired by, like, um, it sounds funny because this idea was kind of born during COVID, but it was a lot of like travel related things. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think partly because I feel like I couldn't do it. And so there's this kind of, um, you know, almost like wishful thinking mm-hmm. <laughs> of all these like places I could visit and like what I would wear. So the first collection is like spring summer collection. So it's designed to be worn in like warmer weather. Um, and I drew a lot of like inspirations when I was doing my own like kind of mood board before I come out with the designs from actually kind of my own background. Um, so I'm originally from Thailand and um, I grew up in like a small beach town um, in Thailand. And so I just, you know, kind of like that image of being on the beach or kind of just traveling in like (laughs) warm places. I kind of (laughs) miss that a lot, especially being now here in Seattle, uh, which is a very different weather. It's kind of gloomy and rainy all the time. Um, And so I kind of want to bring that kind of styles and aesthetics a little bit into, you know, my current like lifestyle. And I'm sure a lot of people kind of like that as well. Um, Mm -hmm. So that was kind of the main inspirations behind um the designs and also um by using like natural like fiber and also um kind of the color tones which is more like um there's both like neutral and like pastel colors um in the collection nice nice so do you normally like if it wasn't a pandemic would you normally (laughs) be traveling a lot yeah I would I would um and um I, I mean at this point it's bit hard to you know travel outside the country right now but I mm-hmm. can't wait to um yeah travel again and you know go back home um yeah 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 I bet it's kind of everyone's stuck where they are for <laughs> over a year yeah. like are you know itching to like you said kind of wishful thinking of like where am I going to go next and right what am I going to wear um cool so yeah, what was kind of the process like then in, I think you mentioned, like, you kind of put your sketches out there and had people mm-hmm. vote on them. Mm-hmm. Um, what was the development process like of this collection? And um, yeah, what, it was it what you expected. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, so I think that, so, you know, like, like you said, after I kind of um, find, 
<laughs> when I say finalized, the designs are never like fully, fully finalized. I feel mm-hmm. until you know you um, get on. done. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but when I you know picked out the designs of what I want to focus on, um, then I basically you know the the first thing is to come up with like the the base kind of size and measurement as I mentioned before kind of getting all those um, petite petite women as like reference for those measurements um and then um work with um you mm-hmm. <laughs> you know as a pattern and sample maker um for um those pieces so I think you know our process was very collaborative basically um I would send kind of notes um and then um in terms of like the details of each designs and um we would you come up with the the first like pattern first and then do the first sample and then after that it's just kind of been you know collaborative process going back and forth to to um fix things until you know they fit right mm-hmm. yeah yeah, that, that is, you know, like we talked about, that is kind yeah. of like the longest part of it. Because like, mm-hmm. what was kind of the timeline? So you said maybe like yeah. last summer you started this and then... Right. We um, of- I think we started working together maybe like in the fall, I would say. Yeah. yeah. And then um, I think up until like beginning of this year. So mm-hmm. I would say maybe like about five months or so four or five months yeah mm-hmm. would be like the timeline of like the development itself but then you know obviously there's other parts of you know launching a collection like preparing everything as well before the actual launch happened in May okay yeah so it was still I mean less than a year right because yeah. you did so that, that's really good I feel like any anything <laughs> less than months. a year is, <laughs> right. is amazing for like starting all of that like you said website social media development of a collection you know yeah mm-hmm. um, launch there's so many pieces like you said that go into that right yeah um yeah so what was your what did the launch look like like what did you do to like launch the collection yeah out there yeah um, so I guess after we got the final samples made, um, then the main part of it was uh, the photo shoot. So mm-hmm. I work with, you know, local um, petite models in Seattle and also for photographer and videographer. Um, this was the first time that um, I work with a videographer. Um, and I think that that really kind of helped bring some of the designs to life. Um, mm-hmm. in each of like my product page, I would have, you know, the models, um, in like a, a small, like video clip kind of moving around. And so you can see how like, you know, the fabric is, and then there's like zoom in on certain details of, um, the pieces. And yeah, I think that that was really, um, it's something that I found to be like very interesting because mm-hmm. I don't see it in a lot of, um, brands on the website but then I think that that kind of helps when people like pick out like what styles would suit them as well when they see like a lot of movements so yeah um so that's like like, like, video sometimes mm -hmm. like not only does it show the movement of like the fabric but Mm -hmm. for me it's it's like you see how it looks Mm -hmm. in motion because like 
we're not right. static people. We're always moving. So yeah, it's like, I want to see exactly. how it looks as I'm walking. I want to see how it like, does it still look good? Yeah. And it's mm-hmm. in photos, sometimes it's hard to know, like it's way easier to fake things like pin it in the back or right. you know, like right. Photoshop something, but like in a video, it's much harder. So I'm like, that's actually how it looks, you know? Yeah, for <laughs> in, sure. In a video. Yeah. Um, so that is one kind of part of it where, you know, the photo shoot, um, happened and then um and then after that it's mainly kind of um working with um the production partner um that I work Mm -hmm. with to kind of like prepare like the timeline so I have them make like samples as well like you know so by samples just to make sure that you know all the details are like correct and they're doing the same as Mm -hmm. what I would want the final product to be pre-production samples Mm-hmm, exactly mm-hmm. yeah um and uh I was very happy that I was able to find a partner like locally here in Seattle like literally like a 20-30 minutes drive away so I was Wonderful. yeah it's it's you know I I know that it can be a difficult thing for fashion brand owners to find um you know a good production partner um and I think that really helped me because (laughs) I was literally just going there like every single week just to check (laughs) on the status but then it's just nice to be able to kind of um go there in person and kind of go through the process and talk to um the seamstress and you know everyone on like how can we like make a few adjustments here or there and things like that and Mm so um that was like another part of kind of like the prep before the launch just to make sure that we have all the those like things set up mm-hmm. um and then the I think the last part that I did was the website part which as I mentioned earlier I was pretty comfortable with and so I kind of left that to the last bit um, <laughs> that I did. um and then yeah just you know a lot of marketing and promoting on social media and emails and yeah mm-hmm. well yeah so let's talk about uh, this factory a little bit because I think mm-hmm. you said several things where um it's so true where you know first thing being like it can be tricky to find the right factory partner so how did yeah. how did you end up finding this place mm-hmm. yeah so um I knew that I would want um the factory to be in the U.S. so that was like the important thing um to me um that you know is made in the USA um and preferably what what about that like Mm -hmm. because I feel like everyone has a different reason for why made in the USA is important so I'm curious like why was that like Mm -hmm. on your must-have list for the factory yeah I mean very I don't recall the exact percentage I would say maybe about like definitely less than 10 percent of like all the you know clothing currently that are sold domestically are actually made here. Um, mm-hmm. So it's almost kind of like, um, you know, a, an industry that is, you know, going away sort of. Mm-hmm. And so I definitely kind of want to, you know, support that and that industry here now that, you know, now that I'm part of that system. Um, so I think that keeping those like skills alive, like here is important. And also, um, you know, with the whole, um impact as well during COVID I think it brought that even more in the fact that you know one just logistically how 
do we get like you know stuff shipped back and forth um if it was international um so that could you know cost a lot of um I guess like shipping delays or issues there and Mm -hmm. I just I just feel like if it is still with in the U.S. and that communication would be like easier and like all those chipping issues. Yeah, for sure. I mean, even like one of the fit samples, I remember like got lost in the mail. Right. Just domestically even. So that's amazing (laughs) where it's like you can literally just drive to your factory. You don't have to like ship it across the country or across the world to you. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So the other piece that you had mentioned is, yeah, just having them close and then being able Mm -hmm. to talk with the seamstresses about you know little things to improve the quality or improve the process um which I think is so valuable and like that relationship is often Mm -hmm. underestimated um or not given enough credit in the fashion industry it's like to have that type of relationship with your factory where you can have those conversations and really just like get to know like what would make each other's jobs easier you know exactly (laughs) can be huge yeah Totally. Um, we were talking, um, you know, just then when I went there with like kind of still finalizing some uh, details of the design, she was telling me like how the zipper should be placed at a, you know, a certain way or how she's going to sew it that would make mm-hmm. it easier for her. So things like that, I, that I feel like would just be very difficult to kind of, or it would take a long time kind of going back and forth if I didn't like kind of just point to her in person Mm -hmm. like this is you know what we're talking about here Mm -hmm. so um and another thing that's important to me you know that this is like ethically made meaning I know her and so Mm -hmm. obviously the working conditions that I see her doing it and actually she's able to kind of just so you know a lot of these stuff from home so I mean that's you know a really good part um considering the situation Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so I don't think we ever got to, how did you end up finding this factory? Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. So, um, so I'm based in Seattle and, um, there's this kind of database of kind of Seattle or like maybe like just Washington state, like, you know, um, manufacturers in, in, in general, not just only for like fashion or apparel, Mm -hmm. um, this thing is called Seattle made. And so I was just kind of going on, you know, the website database and talked to a few people and yeah, I just kind of landed on this one. Yeah. It sounds like a great resource. I'll have to, Mm -hmm. do they have a website? Like I'll include the link in the show notes. Yeah, I do. Mm -hmm. Oh, cool. Awesome. Yeah. That sounds really cool. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think they have a complete list of that for I'm in Missouri. So um, that I know of, there's like lots of partial lists, but not a whole database it's definitely like um a lot of time like you know digging through things Mm -hmm. even like because um as I'm sure you know like all these like um production or like smaller like soul shops like this like they don't have like a website or something Mm -hmm. right where you can just google and like something would pop up so it takes a lot of um, research for sure yeah yeah some of the best places have like no website at all because <laughs> they're like so busy with right. this like referral work or existing work that's like why invest in a website when they don't really need to attract new people they already have plenty of people coming to them yeah yes yeah. it makes it hard to evaluate sometimes like you know mm-hmm. are they like is this a real business I can't find any information <laughs> about them but everyone says they're great yeah 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 
Yeah, kind of hidden. Well, that, that's awesome that you ended up finding, like, it sounds like it's a really good fit for Lavani. Yeah. Cool. Um, so kind of like talking about like the whole process as a whole, like what has been the hardest part of starting this brand so far? I think, I don't, I don't know whether it's like the hardest part. Um, I, I think maybe there are two answers to that question. I think one mm-hmm. um, is, I don't, I don't think the development part, I would say, is like necessarily the hardest, but I think something where I didn't expect that, mm-hmm. um, you know, I would need um, a lot of time for or like, you know, something that I would, because at, at the beginning, I was just like, well, you know, the styles are, this is what I want to get produced. But then um, when you try it on different people, there are some t- small like tweaks here and there, and then you kind mm-hmm. of come back and keep like refining it until it actually you know, like something that you're like very happy with that you want to, you know, sell. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that part definitely as like a new like fashion brand owner, designer, I think that's something is definitely a learning curve, was a learning curve for me. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think the second one is like finding, um, you know, your audience and customers, especially when it's like a niche market like this right with like mm-hmm. petite women so I think I have to be like very targeted in like even just like reaching out to people or um yeah on or try to like uh find exposure for my brands in like different places like Facebook groups or you know different things like that which I'm assuming all like business or entrepreneurs like would have to do anyway to find their target customers but mm-hmm. it is definitely um something that you know have to keep working on like constantly yeah 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 I caught me I, I was like I don't know if it caught me off guard or I just didn't expect mm-hmm. when I started my business that like running your own business is just as much about that like marketing and customer right. service and like yeah and like yeah just content marketing too (laughs) of like I spend as much time like running the business as I do actually like doing my work you know totally Um, like and it's something that yeah it's like you don't really realize when you first go into business of like you kind of what you said at the beginning like most people think oh a designer sketches stuff all day but that's like such a small piece of like Mm -hmm. what you're actually doing as a business owner Mm-hmm. yeah that is that is very true like I would agree with you that I would spend like maybe 50% on like the actual you know being a designer part of it mm-hmm. or even just like like uh production related tasks versus like the marketing tasks it will be the other 50% like for mm-hmm. sure yeah so what are what are some things that you've done you mentioned Facebook groups and then obviously your your Instagram page you started early yeah um, what were some of the things that you did to like find such a niche market? Yeah, um, I don't know, Allison, what I have cracked this yet. <laughs> um, <laughs> that, that's okay. But, yeah. I mean, maybe just things that you tried. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, what I've tried, you know, to build my audience is like also like collaborating with other people, mm-hmm. eat, like, you know, for, in terms of like both brands and other like fashion bloggers um, to kind of get more like exposure from um, their audience so you know with other brands it would be things like um, doing like a giveaway together 
or like earlier on when I haven't launched it, we, I did, I was making like scrunchies. And so we also did kind of like a limited edition of that. That was like really mm-hmm. fun mm-hmm. Um, with another brand. And so, um, so that's like one part of it. I think, you know, reach out to like brands, which have like, that are not like directly, you know, selling the same product as you, but are of the same value. So like other sustainable fashion brands, jewelries, accessories, things like that that I think um, I find helpful. Um, And then the second thing is um, reaching out to like um, fashion, like, you know, bloggers or influencers to kind of um, try on your pieces and talk about your brand. And the people that I think that I've connected with that I've, you know, um, had uh, the like great experiences with, they usually are, focus more on like sustainability or kind of like ethical fashions and like all these Mm -hmm. you know aspects that is what my brand stands for anyways and Mm -hmm. so and they happen to be you know petite women and so they can speak uh, or you know wear those clothes um so yeah I mean I mean I think those two things in terms of um social media I think those were the main ones nice yeah, and that's still, I mean, a lot to do all that, but <laughs> yeah, um, that's nice that you've been able to connect with both brands and influencers that kind of share the same values. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's really cool. And I've, I've seen you're doing giveaway now, aren't you? Um, yeah, the one, one just ended, Ashley, but yeah, okay. I mean, that was very recent last week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. How did that go? I think it went great. Yeah, I did it with um, actually another um, person that I connected through Factory 45. So nice. uh, Laya Collective and Rover and Kin, which are both like accessories um, brands. Cool. Yeah, I bet. Uh, have you like built a lot of connections or, you know, at least kind of found a good mm-hmm. support system in that Factory 45 community? Yeah, um, for sure. I think that um, so- I would talk to, I don't know, like three or five people from the, the program, like constantly just like checking in, like, how are you doing? <laughs> or like, you know, or like just wondering like, oh, where did you find this or that? So I think it's very helpful. I think as entrepreneurs um, to have that like support system mm-hmm. um, or people kind of going through the same thing. I think that um, a lot of time being like new in this um, journey, like you can feel like, oh, I'm just, you know, some of stuff I'm not like doing it right or like should have done it this way or that way. And so it's, it's helpful to talk to people. Yeah, I agree. I have a group of, you know, especially when you're, you know, one person business, you know, yeah. <laughs> you don't have a team necessarily, no. or, you know, even though like you're working with Obvious Factory and like we right. work together on the product, it's yeah. like, it's different than having like a team that you're sitting next to all day long, just like sharing the decision-making. But yeah, I do the same thing where I have a group of other like freelancers and, you know, fashion that we, we get together, you know, over Zoom mm-hmm. every month and just chat about like, what are you doing in your business? Like, like yeah. how's this going? What are you learning? You know, right. <laughs> and right. just chat about, you know, what's happening in the industry and stuff. So it's, yeah, it's really valuable. And like what I, um, I, I 
I wish I have more an opportunity to do this because of COVID it's been hard to connect mm -hmm. with other um, local Seattle entrepreneurs as well. So like, you know, people like my photographer or videographer, um, my photographer, I like I met her through like an event earlier, like before COVID happened and all those things. And so it's also nice to kind of connect with other kind of creatives and entrepreneurs here locally too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we have, um, I'm part of Fashion Group International in St. Louis. I think they have a Seattle chapter too. Um, oh, okay. And yeah, normally we have in-person events, which we haven't been able to do for, you know, a year and a half now, but I'm yeah. um, still kind of like getting together locally with other people like in your same industry or, you know, adjacent industries mm -hmm. um, is super valuable. Yeah. Awesome. Um, so kind of on the flip side of the question that I started with here is uh, what are you most proud of so far running your business? I think the like biggest win that you're yeah. celebrating kind of thing. I mean, I'm honestly, I'm just proud of the fact that, you know, I launched this brand. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, Which is huge. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, it's, it's just something that I, Honestly, like I thought of even before COVID, but like kind of like brush it aside because I was like, well, this is going to be very tough. Like it's like a product based business, physical products, you know, like there's a lot that goes into it. Mm -hmm. And um, I was just like not sure that I could like, you know, make it work. But then, as I mentioned earlier in the in the um, uh, chat that like I think like you said, like I think COVID just makes people kind of like do like their self-reflection like what do they want to do like what do you actually mm -hmm. want to try or wanting to be trying and then the fact that I think I just kind of go ahead with it even though you know I didn't have like a lot of experience in this area at all and I actually um have to you know connect with a lot of people to kind of learn about this but um yeah I'm, I'm very glad that you know I was able to launch this collection and then um that people are wearing those pieces and like seeing all the photos of just people wearing the pieces that you designed just make me feel like so good inside like this is warm my heart so yeah I think I'm very proud of that part yeah you should be congratulations on that thank you <laughs> mm -hmm. um so what's next for Levani? I know you have some fall pieces mm -hmm. in the works yeah um so I'm I honestly, because like I said, from Thailand, and so I'm just not thinking a lot of the time is about like, you know, sweaters and things like that <laughs> at all. It's just not in my like jeans. Mm -hmm. um, and I just, uh, so I have a lot of ideas for like, you know, spring and summer and all that. I think for the fall collection, it will be like a smaller collection so like only a few pieces um, but I'm still planning to um, you know design specifically for like petite women so mm -hmm. you can expect um, a few of those coming up soon <laughs> mm -hmm. yes exciting so I have one more question that I ask at the end of every interview which is if you could communicate one value to the world through the clothes that you design what would it be yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> um, I would, I think I would go with the word like wanderlust. And I think this is like something that I had as like a brand kind of like aesthetics and identity from the start. And the reason why is 
not only because you know I like love traveling and all that but I think it conveys a sense of like freedom and like encourages you to go and like have like adventures in life and what I mm-hmm. want my clothing to do is for for my customers and you know people who wear my clothes to be able to feel like they have that kind of sense of like freedom and like um wonder you know in, mm-hmm. to go out and like um live in this like take their clothes with them wherever they are and feel like beautiful and like you know in it and so I I really kind of want to convey that um in the things that I designed just making people look good and feel good um, with what they wear mm-hmm yeah, that's amazing. And very different answer than what I've heard so far on, on the podcast. <laughs> Everyone kind of has like a different take, but I, I love yours. Yeah. It's kind of like the wonder and adventure yeah. of things. So, and, and definitely kind of like the practical side of it too, like making it fit. And like, I know right. most of mm-hmm. your pieces have pockets, even the dresses is like, yes. who does like so functional <laughs> if you're like out and about doing whatever adventure you're on. Definitely. Um, so awesome. Um, well, this has been such a fun conversation to, you know, hear a little bit more about your backstory yeah. too. And yeah, hear about the journey and what's next. Um, where can people find more about Lavani online? Yeah. Um, so you can find us online at um, worldwideweb.lavani.com. So that's our website where you can, you know, browse all the different pieces and also on um, Instagram at Chop Lovani. Awesome. And do you have like I know you did made to order. Do you still have like some inventory of pieces that people can buy, or is it all mm-hmm. pre-order still? Yeah, um, we did a small like batch after the pre-order period, so mm-hmm. I do have like a few pieces in certain sizes left. Okay. Awesome. Cool. So yeah, people should definitely check that out and <laughs> grab one before it's gone. Um, well, this has been so fun. Thanks for joining me today, Nix. Thank you, Allison. So glad to be here. That's it for today. Thanks for listening. I'm Allison Haynes, and I hope you join me again for the next episode of How Fitting.